Welcome. You're listening to RUF at the University of Oklahoma. Well, we welcome you to RUF tonight. Uh, this is a rare privilege to be able to do this outdoors and on Labor Day. I trust your Labor Day was awesome. Uh, mine was. And we welcome you to RUF. Welcoming is one of our values uh, here at RUF. We want you to be able to, to join in. And we also value uh, fun, having a great time. I really do commend this uh, rafting trip we're doing here in a while. should be fantastic. Amazing. Getting out in nature, taking a break, and enjoying time. Um, another value we have is, is in-depth Bible study. So we go through books of the Bible, and this semester we're looking at, at parables in the Gospels. And my contention is that God loves us so much and welcomes us so much to Him that he addresses the great stories, the grand story, or the I'm sorry, the grand questions we ask, the big questions of life, and he gives us answers. He addresses those questions through stories, um, to, so that we can really learn, really gather um, good answers to our questions. So, I'd love for you to follow along with me on your handout. We're looking today at our fourth parable, or it's actually the third parable of the semester, the wheat and the weeds. It's called probably the most, one of the most difficult parables that Jesus told with hard truths, but constructive as we look at um, the problem of evil in our world today. So Jesus addresses that problem, the problem of evil. God exists, but there's evil in this world. So he tells a story. So follow with me. We're going to read verse 24, and we're going to end at 43 of Matthew 13, actually. Hear the word. Jesus put another parable before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared also. And the servants of that master of the house came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have weeds? He said to to them, An enemy has done this. So the servant said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? But he said, no. Lest in gathering the weeds, you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time, I will tell the reapers, gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned. But gather the wheat into the barns, into my barn. Then Jesus left the crowds and went into into the house And his disciples came to him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field. He answered, The one who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed is the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one, and the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are angels. Just as the weeds are gathered and burned with fire, so will will it be at the end of the age." Son of man will send his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all lawbreakers, and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that day, in that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous shall shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, let him hear. Let's pray. Uh, Gracious God, we gather before you, um, and we long to hear 
a message from you. We, we long to trust that your word endures forever, that your word is good, accomplishes its purposes, but sometimes it doesn't for us. We just don't get it. And we pray that you would open our eyes to it, that you would give us ears to hear it, and that we would be changed, that we would be transformed in a way that we're, that we're different than when we arrived tonight, that uh, you would ultimately transform not only us, but many, that you would be working within our hearts to impact our community and impact the world uh, for good. Tonight, we pray that you'd overturn evil within us, within this world. Would you, would you do so through these words spoken thousands of years ago and recorded in this book uh, by your Spirit? Would you open our hearts with your same Spirit today and teach us, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. So, if you're like me, you spent a lot of Saturday watching football. It was the first real Saturday of college football this year. Um, Friday night, uh, SMU played Baylor. Now, I attended SMU. I'm a pony. Uh, it was my undergrad um, experience. Um, SMU is not very good in football. I believe we lost uh, about 50 to Baylor. It was ugly. We were, we were only down seven at halftime. They scored about 30 points in the second half and beat us. Um, so I'm not, I'm not too sad about that. I'm not shocked about it. Um, when I was attending SMU, our biggest rival was TCU. And so you can get behind SMU because we don't like TCU here at OU. Um, SMU, um, actually, um, I remember this was I was there in 1999. It dates me a little bit. But um, we had um, our band, actually, had left a bunch of, like they snuck into TCU Stadium, which is uh, the Amon Carter Stadium, right? Nice stadium. And they left ryegrass seeds in the turf of that stadium. And our trademark M in the SMU grew up in that. And we had this little M on their field. It was really awesome. They might have beat us every year, but we left a mark on their field, right? Eight years later, SMU did the same trick and spelled pony on TCU's field. We kind of own them in pranks. I mean, they've got us in football, but we kill them in pranks, okay? I want to submit to you that the SMU band is really like the devil, <laughs> okay? Yeah, that's a bold claim, right? It's a stretch, okay? <laughs> the SMU band is like the evil one. It's a prank. He drops a seed in the field... It wasn't like the, the, the owner of the field sowed bad seed, but there was this alien seed, this evil seed that grew up and tangled up with a good harvest, right? And that's exactly like the story of the Bible. In Genesis 3, um, the devil caused men to question God's love and authority. And when he did that, that seed infected every one of our hearts. And he... he that seed, it waits dormant in each of us, and then it's awakened, just like seed in a field, rice seed in a field, and it grows when the conditions are ripe, and it sprouts in rebellion, okay? Sin is a long game. It's a long con, and, and, and when, boom, like, like uh, before you know it, payao, you are just broken, and, and your field has a big pony on it, okay? That's exactly the way it works, SMU ban. That's the way evil works. Um, 
What about all that? There's a lot of sin out there in the world, of course. There's a lot of sin and brokenness in here, in our hearts. That is the human question, the great question. Why evil in this world? Why so much evil? Why so much suffering if God exists? And that's, there's a great tension. You've got to feel it, okay? Uh, and I feel like we've got to start with that our understanding of evil is even more superficial and small than we actually know. It's tricky. It's hidden. It's sneaky. Sin is sneaky and deep below, and then bam, it gets us, okay? We think of sin is me, me not keeping the rules out there, those rules, and so when I don't keep the rules perfectly, if I miss the mark, then I sin. Well, no, sin's actually growing deeper than underneath the surface and causes me to wander, as we are saying that Come Thou Fount song earlier. There's this wandering inclination in each of us that wanders away from God, okay? So not, we're, we're superficial on sin. We, we don't realize it's so sneaky and deep within us. That's part of its sneakiness. It tricks us. And so not only are we superficial on sin, but we're also superficial on Jesus and what Christianity is all about anyway. If you notice in the beginning of this parable, in the first sheet there, it says that when he tells the story, he's talking about the kingdom, okay, the kingdom. And so we tend to think of Christianity, many of us, in a, it's about me and fixing me. The way I want to be, the way I need to be, that's the way we think of it. It's like, get me out of hell, help me get better. You know, we're pragmatists. We want Christianity to work for us right now. But Jesus is distinct in that though sin is sneaky, Christianity's sneaky also. Sneaky, it's sneaky in that it's, it's, about, it's bigger than me. It's, I'm, a, I'm part of a bigger story. I'm part of a kingdom. Okay, so, so God as a trinity is a community. He's Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And he's engineering a great salvation project, a rescue operation, to bring rebels out of sin and into this community, this community of love. He's expanding that eternal community to all creation. And that process enters into time and space and history and, and you know, begins with Christ when he was born and his death and his resurrection and his ascension. And he's going to come again. That's, a, that's his whole big story. And so he, and he, and in the here and now, his resurrection is impacting us, our hearts. And then it's, and, and, and we, like those little seeds, we impact communities, families, marriages, um, roommates. We are the big reversal. Okay. We are, and so like, you've got to respect that. He, he, he trumps Satan and he trumps uh, the SMU band by making this well-played seed in our hearts. He, God plants seeds in our hearts or creates our hearts new and he changes families, nations, and communities through that. Yeah, so that's the first thing we've got to know is that the kingdom, it's a kingdom that we've got here, not just an individual relationship. We're a community. And so there's plurality here. Um, evil is a big deal. There's a lot of evil out there, but we are escaping evil and we're bringing glory to God through this kingdom. Kingdom's a central idea. And even if you can't articulate that, you know that, that that is a big deal. That, that there's this idea of kingdom, but there's also this idea that with kingdom, there ought to be a lot of change because it's a kingdom, right? That means a king. That means uh, strength and power and rule and dominion. And even if you can't articulate that, that, that idea of like, 
okay, there's a kingdom, but it doesn't look like a kingdom. It doesn't look like there's control. So you're grasping for clarity. I'm grasping for clarity. Um, you think that you know, the world finds, I mean, like the world finds Christianity hard to believe because we claim God exists, and yet we have people dying unjustly, people suffering, and we claim this kingdom exists. When you start talking about kingdom, that's a unique problem to Christianity, okay? Kingdom is this making things right, God restoring broken things, and that makes our problem worse for us, is that God actually does claim to make things better. And so our minds are, are actually associating kingdom with power, and it doesn't look like it. There's no power. So I am a 6'5 man, 200 pounds, all muscle, and um, I'm, I'm an imposing force, okay? So if, a, um, if one of you is a bad guy, you're, you're, I mean, like, you're going to walk right by me and typically go to a weaker person to steal from them, right? You're going to look for a smaller, weaker target. That, you just do, you, you're, no one's going to rob me, okay? Like, they're going to go to the smaller, weaker, lower-hanging fruit, okay? That's it. I, 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 just, I get that. You get that. I mean, I'm never going to know what it's like to be a woman walking through a Walmart parking lot at 1 in the morning. I, I, I mean, I don't have that fear in me. Um, and that's atheism's best play, okay, is to get us considering kingdom in those terms of strength and power, okay? This, the, the kingdom is supposed to look like strength, power, evil being subdued, and we, like, we're winning, okay? There's, there's no more Roman Empire killing us uh, for these original uh, people listening to Jesus. That's their expectation, okay? And that's, that's the biggest play that atheism has against Christianity. Their best play is you're talking about kingdom. That's big talk, but I don't see it. And so the question then is, how can this evil exist? in the midst of your kingdom, Jesus. And he's going to tell us that. He tells us that story. How can Ashley Madison exist, right? That hurts. Why are Christians and spouses cheating on each other if there's a God establishing this kingdom, okay? Why can the subway guy be meeting little kids to have sex with them? Why is God allowing that? That is dark. Where is God when kids are being abused, Okay. That's massively sorrowful and disappointing, shameful. Where is that? What about the mass shootings we see all the time in the news? Why do we pass you know, by so much injustice and evil in our worlds and, and be unaffected by it? Now, look at us. We're unaffected by a lot of these things. We're apathetic to all the injustice a lot of times. You would think God would give some visible manifestation of the kingdom by bringing about some change and destroying stuff like that, right? We doesn't. Sometimes we feel nothing. And if you grew up with this stuff, doesn't that make you mad? That you don't feel worse about evil? That, that you don't see more good over evil? Doesn't that make you feel just a little bit mad? Jesus could be doing so much more with this kingdom. You look around, you see nothing to support your belief that the kingdom is here sometimes. And people kind of mock God and He doesn't really do anything about it. Where are you? Well, maybe your parents who raised you to go to church... They got divorced. Maybe you yourself are having trouble buying this. You're having, you're, you're, you're having trouble overcoming addiction or temptation over and over again. Where's the kingdom? Where's God? I've got faith, but I can't stop going to those dark places. I can't stop hurting myself. I can't stop. I, maybe you think I can't stop looking myself in the mirror and thinking I am what I weigh and how I look. 
And, and so you will respond to that. And you know, you know better than that, and you know it's not that, but, but you are so enslaved to that, you can't get through it, uh, of the approval of the image of your body. The mirror owns you. How can you be a powerless slave to something like that when Jesus says he's the king and died for your sins and says the kingdom has come and is near and is in us? It's a great question, a real problem. And so that is not just an intellectual, philosophical problem. I hope I've, I've communicated that. It is an everyday problem for all of us. Evil is gross and it's real and it's killing us and we're walking in it. And there's darkness that's stealing our joy and we need an answer. And so here he comes with answers. Jesus is coming with answers. And so if you look at verse 27 on your handout, when the, when the, when the men in that, in that story discover, when the servants discover that there are weeds in this, in this field, they ask the question that we all ask, did God make the evil? Did you sow that seed in there? Did you sow good seed? And the story is no. No, the enemy sowed that seed. The we- it's weapon seed used against God or the owner of the field in the story. God didn't make things evil. Secondly, well then, then let's do something about it, they say. Let's, let's, you know, do you want us to go gather it and get it out of there? Why don't we do something about it now, is their question. Why aren't we doing something about evil now, is their question, in verse 29 and 30. And then his response is not now. Because if we pull up the weeds... The roots of those weeds are so intertwined with the wheat, that's, and, and the wheat's not ready for harvest yet, it's going to destroy it. If we pull them up now before the harvest, we're going to lose the whole harvest. We've got to wait till it matures. Okay, so not now. There's a not now answer for destroying evil. Not yet. Third, evil's not going to stop the harvest. The harvest is still going to come. He's not going to lose any wheat due to this. It's not going to happen. There's going to be sons of the evil ones, sons of of the king, and they're going to be saved. Okay? Fourth, not until the end will there be, will the, will the cause of sin and the lawbreakers be removed. Not until the very end. Because our hearts are the problem, actually. We are the problem. God can't take us out of the world. All of us, any, even if we're in Christ, even if we're united in Christ, even if our faith is in Him, we still have the effects of our sin nature. It's still in us. It won't be rooted out and fixed till the end. And then finally there, you see at the very end of this, uh, it says that the righteous will shine like the sun. Okay, and then the question is, how does one become righteous? We'll see that. Well, so if you think about this, this, these, uh, these weeds, okay, these weeds, um, commentators uh, identify these as lolium tumen lentum. That's exactly how you pronounce it. Um, it's an annoying weed that looks very much like wheat. It's almost indistinguishable from wheat. The only difference is when it's in the week before the harvest, um, those weeds are three millimeters wide, and the wheat is uh, four or five millimeters wide. So you got to get out your, your ruler and start going down to millimeters. It's hard to identify, okay? So, so, so this, and, and, and if, if you do... Um, Mix them, mix them together in your batch of, of wheat. It's got poisonous fungus in there, and it, it'll, it'll ruin all your stuff. It'll spoil it, all your food. It's a good reason to go gluten free if you're in the day. Um, all right, thank you. 
Um, so a week later, it's, I mean, so after the, the, the harvest week, those weeds are still three millimeters, but the good stuff, the weed is six to 12 millimeters. It's a little more distinguishable at the, a, a guy who knows what he's doing can see it. Okay, so, so you got to wait the week to see it. That's kind of, that's, so that really did happen. You had to wait, it's like the, the, the guy who's in charge in the story really is wise, and you got to wait till the end to see the harvest. Okay, and so while it's the week earlier, the roots are so tangled up. If you try to take the weeds out then, you're going to mess everything up because the roots are tangled up. So you're going to uproot the, re- the wheat too, and it can't grow to, to maturity. So it, this all jives with agri- ancient agricultural practices, just so you know. So Jesus is making interesting points there. He's not denying evil's existence. He doesn't give an answer to the objection of why evil. But he does say some very profound things. He does give valid reasons, that there are valid reasons for evil. One is for the sake of the wheat there. He doesn't uproot it because it's, it's a reality for the sake of the wheat. And he secondly says he will deal with it. And so we're left with philosophical speculation of like why, why evil um, Travis actually made a good point last week when we were talking about this. So he said, like, okay, if you have evil, then you have a contrast. You actually can know good. You can, you can know good better by understanding the lack of it and evil. That thing is a, it's a, it's a, good, a good philosophical hypothesis why we just were left with guessing. Why? Why, why would this happen? And I think there's, there's a lot of good reasons. Hopefully we can come to some of those. But, but yet the point is he doesn't separate them now because the fungus could spoil it. In the, in the agricultural example, and he doesn't do it now for because he has our good in mind uh, in our lives. He doesn't want to mess up our his bread, pancakes, bagels, pizza, pasta, whatever. Um, so the metaphor for the problem of evil there is that there's evil within all of us. We can't separate it. It will be separated. And so can this really work? Can the kingdom really work where there's so much wrong with us in this world. Can it happen? Can, it, can people believe this? Is there a reason to believe this when you know there's so much evil in you, there's so much evil out there, God's delaying judgment, can that really work? The Romans in the time are still there, they're still killing them. Judgment of evil is not happening, there's no purge of that. And that was their expectation. When Jesus comes, he's going to step a kingdom and he's going to kill them. He hasn't done that. Why? How does that work? Well, his desire, Jesus' desire is to transform weeds into wheat, people like us. And that's unstoppable. That's good news. So the good news is that the S, there's hope for the SMU band, y'all. There's hope for those kind of people who commit pranks, who are perpetrators of evil, okay? And there's hope for TCU. Okay, there's hope for those guys because God is actually going to, judge evil. He is going to make the evil right in the end. He's going to separate out and judge it. Okay, so, so right now life is messy and chaotic and intertwined and the, re, the, the, the roots are, are intertwined in our souls. Evil's here, but there's going to be a day in which there's going to be no more racism. There's going to be no more killing. There's going to be no more sex trafficking. There's going to be no more of this. There's going to be no much of my hypocrisy. No more. Because God does care. The cross is proof. The cross is for SMU. The cross is for the lawbreakers, me. And there's a day for those who've been hurt. 
There's a day for those of the hurt that's to come. There's a day for the TCUs. Life isn't fair, is it? And even though Jesus is here, the good doesn't always prosper. And God gets blamed for everything that doesn't go right in my life. But He's not the cause of that. But He is the ultimate solution. There's a new kingdom that's set up in the midst of the old. The new kingdom's right here in the midst of the old, and it is overcoming the hostile one. But the, but the old kingdom is in war with it. And so the question is, are we going to identify with a new and enduring community or the old and perishing community? Which one do we identify with, SMU or TCU? And this we want to, I guess we're going to be with TCU, as much as it hurts me to say that. Tension exists, and we can't be intolerant of it. We've got to you know, be about our job, which is destroying evil. So we don't just, or we're not just passively waiting for evil to be destroyed. Um, we've got to root out evil. Uh, Jesus says, you know, at one point he says to his people, he says, look, if, if your hand is causing you to sin, cut it off. If your eye is causing you to sin, gouge it out. And we're always like, well, that's hyperbole. Okay, he's just making a big, he's overstating it. No, God doesn't want evil to exist in us. He wants us to kill it. He wants us to take up crosses for him. He wants us to do difficult things for him. Okay, he wants us to confront sin within our, within our churches uh, to go to people with humility and say, hey, I know you're doing this. You need to stop it. If they don't listen to you, you go to him with, with a friend and you take it to the church. He, he doesn't want evil to dwell within us. He wants that to cut off. He does not, he's not saying, wait till the end and I'll make it all right. He's saying, respond to evil now. We can do that because God's responded to it already. He's given us the safety to do that. He stood for us in our place. He's stood for us and been consumed. He's been the one thrown into the fire for us. Jesus has been thrown in the fire for us. He's, he's so against evil that he would not allow, even when the, the Father is so against evil, that he, would, he allowed his Son to die for us. And he's so committed to us destroying evil that he let, they let Jesus be crucified for it. He would not turn back at that point because he wants to redeem people from evil. He wants to forgive their sins and rescue them from their own sins in their hearts, and they do. He loves you. So, so you've got to believe that He's also going to judge evil. If He wouldn't turn back when it meant His Son would be crucified, there's going to also be a day and He's going to keep His word when He's going to make everything right. The field is going to be wonderful. Okay? We're not to judge the world. That's up to Jesus. That's up to the... To, to God, not the church's responsibility. But we're to root out evil in our own hearts and do that. Kingdom is, is, is right here in our midst. It's here and now. It doesn't look impressive. We all, we're, we're all, you know, thinking, you know, it ought to be bigger than it, ought, than it is. It ought to be stronger. There ought to be more victory in it. But we're right where we need to be. And we need to be about killing sin, putting it to death. Uh, we're visual people, we're results-oriented, but Jesus is correcting our misconceptions about what the kingdom's like. It's not a visually impressive thing, but it will be, and he'll get the glory. And so, above all this, if we know this to be true, if we know this to be true about us, that we're strictly redeemed through Jesus coming and taking our evil on himself and dying for it and, and being buried for it and leaving it in the tomb for us and then walking out and being resurrected and giving us a sacrifice, and if we put our faith in that to rescue us, then we've got all kinds of hope to engage in this kingdom. 
that the kingdom's in the world and I've got the freedom to be in it. I can be wrapped up in it, all up in the kingdom, okay? All up in the world, that is. I can be so intertwined with the world without being consumed in it. I don't have to like create a safe place or a holy huddle because I have the great Jesus. I have the harvester who's going to, to never let me be crushed or broken by these weeds. He's going to take in time, separate it out, and rescue me. And so I've got a call, if I know that, to be in the midst of the kingdom and doing work in this kingdom. And as Romans 10, 9 says, how are, the, how are people going to believe this if they don't hear it? And where do they hear it? Because people are sent. People like us are sent to places in relationships with people to hear hope that evil is going to be overcome for the evildoer and for the victim, for the cross and then for the ultimate solution in the new heaven and new earth. I've got hope. I've got hope in that. Um, there's, um, there's, I believe there's absolutely reason to hope. Maybe you, maybe you haven't seen a lot, but you've felt it. Maybe you've felt it. So any of y'all been, any of y'all campers? Campers, happy campers? Okay. Um, when, you, when you set up a tent, Okay, have you ever had these things uh, called no seams? No, okay, people, some people know what that is. What is a no seam? It's a little tiny, it's what now? Yeah. You really, you really can't see them, right? And they have this bite that is so disproportionate to their size, it kills, okay? So, I believe the kingdom is, he's making a case here, like the kingdom at first kind of looks like, it's like if you look in your tent expecting to see a St. Bernard, okay, like, and you're, there's obviously, there, like if you look in your tent, there's no St. Bernard there, you're like, okay, there's probably no St. Bernard, okay, but like the kingdom is, with this, it looks little, it's a seed, okay, I mean, it's, it's like a no but we, it's kind of a negative example, but if you've been stung by that, you know it exists, if you've been, if you've been, Stung by your own sin, okay, I'm, I'm turning your hair, okay, we're making it work, okay, if you've st- been stung by your own evil and your own sin that God would love you that much to give you Jesus, if that resonates with you, you know he's true, okay, you've got faith in that. If you know that God loves you that much, that you're worse than you could ever imagine, but he is loving you more than you could ever believe and, and fathom that kind of love, that's, if that stung you, you know it's true. Just by you can't see it right now, but it's historical. It happened on the cross, and it's coming again to set everything right. It's like a no seem, which will be seen, which will grow to be mighty, and and all will be separated out, and evil will be judged. There is an answer, and so we'll take questions here in a minute. We'll we'll stop and pray and sing one more song. We'll end it there.